The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then he called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind, and if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. And then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. For she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I almost didn't read the first part of today's Gospel. The Revised Common Lectionary suggests that verses 10 to 20 are optional, and certainly there is plenty to chew on in the story of the Canaanite woman's encounter with Jesus. But hearing all of it together, I think, helps us remember the biblical narrative is not just a series of patchwork events stitched together. It is instead a whole cloth quilt that invites us to see a fuller vision 
of God's love for us. In the first part of this chapter, Jesus is talking with religious leaders about the traditions and rules dictated by their faith. In verse 8, he quotes the prophet Isaiah to them, convicting them of honoring God with their lips, but keeping their hearts far away from God. When our gospel reading begins, the disciples come to Jesus asking, do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? This week I heard another pastor say, sin cannot stand to be named or confronted. Let me say that again. Sin cannot stand to be named or confronted. When we react with offense at Jesus' own words, we need to stop and reflect on what is provoking that emotion within us. Jesus wasn't surprised that he had offended the religious leaders, and he wasn't apologetic. Instead, he answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. His words recall the parables of the sower and the weeds and the wheat that were in our gospel readings earlier this summer. God did not plant sin in this world. Sin is not of God. It is like wild kudzu that grows unchecked out of our self-centered failure to trust God. In Compline, at the end of the day, our prayer of confession states, Some of my sin I know, the thoughts and words and deeds of which I am ashamed, but some is known only to you, Lord. Insidiously, Sin entwines itself around our hearts and chokes our hearts, hardening them against God. I am grateful for the confession that asks me what needs to be uprooted in my life? Where does my heart remain far away from God? Puzzled by the newest parable, Peter asks Jesus to explain. And Jesus answers, Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions. Murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. Faith and discipleship following Jesus is heart work. The story of the Canaanite woman shows us a Jesus whose own heart needs some work. At first, Jesus doesn't even respond to the woman's pleas for mercy. 
And then when he does respond, he scorns and insults her. We want to come up with a reasonable explanation for his callousness. We want to excuse him. Jokingly, we might wonder if Jesus was hangry, tired and hungry and irate from long days of ministry. We want the Jesus who felt compassion for the crowds or who had healed the lepers and the paralytics. We want the Jesus who is above reproach. But when we proclaim Jesus, both fully divine and fully human, we must be willing to see the fullness of his fallibility and his humanity. His prejudice, name-calling, and seeing this woman as less than human all comes from his heart. When Matthew calls the woman a Canaanite, she becomes the archetype for the other or foreigner, the very kind of person considered unclean and unwelcome by the Pharisees earlier in the chapter. And then Matthew adds the woman's confession that her daughter is tormented by demons, marking them both as untouchable, undesirable, and unworthy. And at first, that appears to be how not only the disciples, but even Jesus, see them. Despite the mother calling him Lord three times and crying out to him for mercy and help, Despite her ability to use all the right words and her willingness to prostrate herself on the ground before him, Jesus appears unmoved. And the disciples just want her to shut up and go away. It sure looks like they were all behaving in exactly the same ways as the leaders whom Jesus had rebuked earlier. Their hard-heartedness makes me ask, who are the Canaanite women in my life? The people I've been taught I can ignore because they aren't worth my time. But the Canaanite woman doesn't give up. She trusts who she has heard Jesus is. She trusts what she knows he has done in the name of God. And she believes that God's mercy is wide and deep enough to include her daughter and her. And in the end, Jesus responds to her witness of faith. A teacher once told me, what you see depends a great deal on where you sit. This woman's experience illustrates that Jesus does not always come through for us as we expect. 
inside this story and inside our own stories, Jesus does not always conform to what we hope for. And Matthew leaves us wondering, how do we respond and re-engage our faith when Jesus does not come through as we expect? This woman persists, even when she would have rightfully been defeated by her circumstances and the hateful actions and words directed at her. And the good news, the very good news, is that this woman was right. God's life-saving mercy is abundant, and it is for all. Jesus comes alongside us, the Son of God in the flesh, and shows us a better way. A way where our hearts are not choked off, but draw near to God and all of God people. Committing to do the same heart work that we see Jesus do. Let us pray now with the words of the Jesuit priest, Saint Claude La Colombia. Oh God, what will you do? to conquer the fearful hardness of our hearts. Lord, you must give us new hearts, tender hearts, sensitive hearts, to replace hearts that are made of marble and of bronze. You must give us your own heart, Jesus. Come, lovable heart of Jesus. Place your heart deep in the center of ours and enkindle in each one a flame of love as strong, as great, as the sum of all the reasons that I have for loving you, my God. O holy heart of Jesus, dwell hidden in my heart so that I may live only in you and only for you. So that in the end I may live with you eternally in heaven. Amen.